It's no secret that writing can be lonely work, but does it really have to be? Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, you'll get insights into the tricks, tips, and production habits of writers from every level of the biz. From best-selling authors to those launching their first novels, you're sure to be in the company of friends as we encourage great writers to divulge and share their secrets. This is the Great Writer Share Podcast with your host, first-time dark fantasy author, Faye Trask. Hello, and welcome to episode number 72 of the Great Writer Share Podcast, a podcast where every week we hijack an hour or so time from some of the kindest and hardest working writers around today to join us on the show and discuss everything that makes them tick, roar, and bounce. My name is Faye Trask, and it is the 25th of January as of recording. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. So let's dive right into my personal update. I have been working very hard behind the scenes, editing, getting a reader magnet ready for you lovely, lovely people, and my website. I am so excited because my website is almost ready to publish. I'm just about to send it out there, just tweaking a few things in the background before that is finally released. But I think within the next week or two, that should be out. Keep an eye on my Instagram for when that finally goes live. I'm so excited. And on it will be my reader magnet introducing anyone that's interested into the wonderful world of my book, which now has a name, Blood Legacy. I'm so excited. I said it. It's out there. Pumped. I'm loving it. I've been editing like crazy. I have a renewed passion and fire to just do the best I can do on this book. And I can't wait to hear feedback and whatnot. So stay tuned. I'm so excited to get this out to the world. Yeah. A big thank you to everyone who answered the question of the week as posted on Patreon and Facebook. The question we asked this week was, what tips or tricks would you like to tell your pre-writing self? Jen Mitchell said, you can't sell a book unless you actually sit down and write it. I need to tell my current writing self that still. I agree. I I love the thought of calling myself an author, but frankly, until that book is published and out in the wild, I will still just be a writer and not an author. So I'm with you on that. Victoria L.K. Williams said, have patience and stop comparing. I am so bad at this. I, I agree. You have to have so much patience. That's why I know my editing process is going to be ridiculous because I rushed through it and now I'm like, oop, let's fix this and this and this. But that's the point of editing, right? And never compare yourself because your rough draft is not their final draft. Always remember that. Always. Holly Lyons said, don't split a big book into and leave the first on a cliffhanger and hire an editor before publishing anything. Yes, 
I was tempted to try to write this book as big as possible. And then thoughts of a sequel and a series and all that started playing in my head. And I'm like, well, I could just tear this in half. And I'm so glad I didn't because that, that seems like it would be a nightmare the more I, I learn. Brett Jackson said, outline fully before you write the book, not halfway through. I agree. <laughs> I actually just wrote random scenes when I started this book, and I didn't even think, okay, let's make it into a book until... I started threading those scenes together. I'm like, well, maybe I could do this. You know what? Let's let's try to do it. And I had zero outline, zero anything. And then I started a save the cat outline. And oh, it's been a whole mess. <laughs> so I'm excited for the next book in the series so that I can actually try outlining it properly before diving in. But I agree. Thank you, everyone, for the comments. They were Wonderful. Today's guest was the amazing Jenna Green. We got to talk about how she finds balance between being a teacher and a writer, how podcasting has helped her, and what a dragon boat coach is, and so much more. Before we get into the show, we wanted to remind you about our Patreon community over at www.patreon.com forward slash greatwritershare where for as little as $1 a month, you can get involved in our behind-the-scenes group, benefiting from early ad-free access to the episodes, join our private Slack channel, ask upcoming guests any of your questions, and get involved in our monthly giveaway. If you like the idea of upping your author career and getting all of that good stuff, then one more time, that's www.patreon.com forward slash greatwritershare. And I just got to say, think about how much a dollar is. Just think about it. What can you get for $1? Almost nothing. Unless it's like gas station coffee, which is 78 cents, but even then plus tax. Mm -mm. So take that dollar. Come check out our Patreon. We got loads of resources. You can tap anybody's brains. We're here to help. And now, without any further ado, let's dive into the interview with the one and only Jenna Green. Today's guest is the amazing Jenna Green. Jenna is a YA fantasy author from Alberta, Canada. She is known for the award-winning novel Reborn, as well as the Imagine series. When she isn't writing or teaching, she is co-hosting the podcast Quill and Ink, a podcast for book lovers with Miranda O. Jenna, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I am so excited because <laughs> I've been looking at your website and your books and it's all so gorgeous. Like you instantly get transported to a different world just from the website alone that makes me want to dive into your books. So before we get to all of that, can you please tell our audience how you started in writing? Oh, uh, that's way back in the second grade, I guess. A teacher um, told my parents that I, I could 
I was, I had a talent and I could, I could write. So they got me a journal and ironically in grade two, I still wasn't that great a reader, but there's that idea that if someone tells you, you can do something, then that stays with you. And uh, that's why teachers have such importance and have such a crucial role because they could do the opposite easily. But um, teachers just said, I, I had a talent and um, it was always on the path. I remember being like six and I was going to be a fairy princess and a writer. And then, you know, when I was nine, I was going to be a teacher and a writer and then a zoologist and a writer. But writer was always there. And then when I finished high school, I got like a short story published in, in a tiny, tiny little publication. And, and that gave me enough hope to keep at it, even though there was, you know, a 12 year dry spell. Um, <laughs> I tried for forever to be a poet and it turns out I am not a poet <laughs> and that's okay. Not I, I'm the same. I can't, I can't do poetry. <laughs> that, you know, you can be a writer, but some things aren't your right style or your right genre. And so it turns out I was meant for YA. I was meant for fantasy. I was, that's what, that's what I was meant for. That's where the path led. So that's where we are now. That's so awesome. So I I did notice that on your website, it says you are a dragon boat coach. So I really got to know what is a dragon boat? Uh, So a dragon boat, uh, think of it as like a really big, narrow canoe. And it sits uh, 20 paddlers, one drummer, and a steers person. And I'm on a variety of teams. So I sometimes I drum Sometimes I coach and sometimes I paddle. I do not steer because that requires standing at the back. That requires balance. And occasionally they fall out. Uh, so I don't take up that post, but I'll take any of the other three. And you race um, about 500 meters um, down a lake or a river. I, I haven't tried an ocean yet, but. That is so badass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That I just instantly picture the Vikings and their big drums. And that is. That's awesome. Yeah, my teams tend to win the Miss Congeniality Award uh, for team spirit, probably because we're drunk, but um, (laughs) we'll take it. That's awesome. So as a teacher and a writer, how do you find balance, especially in the unfortunate situation we are currently in? Um, well, the, the joy about teaching is that there's there's ups and downs and there's highs and lows in terms of when you're busy and when you're not. I never write much during report card season. Um, but, you know, the summer is a great time to write. Um, I have the luxury of working at a school that has a four-day school week. So um, I get kind of caught up on a lot of stuff on the Fridays. And then I have time. I write in really short spurts. I know a lot of writers can sit down and write for four hours. I'm not like that. I can write for an hour here and an hour there. So that kind of fits in with the schedule. And I can all, you know, it's easier to find an hour than it is to find four. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, but there's definitely the same. <laughs> times when there's lots of time for writing. And there's times when there's no time for writing. And, and that's just how it is. And that's fine. Yeah, I I agree. I struggle sometimes to find an hour or two hours and I'll even have it pulled up on my phone or something, put in like two words and then go do something. (laughs) I I try to get my story out whenever I can. (laughs) 
there's um I don't know if it's a group or a um a, a movement, but um 10 minute novelists, I think is a mom or someone that started that you could write a novel in 10 minutes a day. And just the idea that you don't need that giant chunk of time. You can write whenever you want or whenever you can find the time and that and it doesn't matter how much or how little. Uh, my goal is to open my laptop a couple times of the week. And sometimes I write a paragraph, sometimes I write nothing, and sometimes I write a chapter. And but I don't set word count goals. Um, I just set the goal of to to sit and open the laptop. That's awesome. I love that because sometimes a word count goal can be so overwhelming, especially if you're in the editing process where you can't really track the words because you're only changing one or two and it doesn't count as added words. It's only a changed word. So, well, there's I like quality that. versus quantity too. Yes. I could write a thousand words that are pure, ugh, or I could write, you know, 50 that are brilliant. So yes. I would rather write a few good words than a whole lot that I'm just gonna have to change the next day. That is true. So as a YA author, do you think the genre of YA has changed over the years, like over the past two or three decades? Well, I think back a little bit further, I think back to when I was a kid and, and I mean, the, right, the, the reading options were Sweet Valley High, Babysitter's Club, Tear <laughs> <Yep>. Street, <laughs> Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, or Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew combined. That was a big one. Yeah, I really <laughs> I remember like that. Uh, also, I like the Babysitter's Super Edition. But there wasn't, like, and then you had to jump to adult. And now you have so many options, and, and they're in all the genres. There's YA that's romance and there's why that's fantasy and there's why that's contemporary and it's just exploded in a good way and now I mean I taught middle school for 11 years and the options that were available for them and making sure boys had their voices heard and girls and and oh it's just beautiful and I hope it keeps going Mostly because um, I write that, so I need it to stay that way. <laughs> Absolutely. I know just I'm not a YA author. I'm not really a YA reader except for Harry Potter because, I mean, come on. <laughs> but I do feel like YA has changed in the aspect of kids today are dealing with a lot more than our parents and so on and so forth back that. I think it has grown maybe a little darker and a lot more adult, so to speak. Well, the weird thing about YA is that, you know, it's read by teens. And then the second demographic is um, women in their 30s is the second highest reader of YA literature. Really? Yeah. Huh. I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Uh, And so, I mean, the characters... And it's still written for the teens, but you can definitely see how older people might still. And I read YA. Um, there's things you can just do in YA that you can't do in maybe adult. Adult, if there's magic, you have to explain why. Yeah. In, in kids, it's just magic. Right. It's done. You can't just throw something in and be like, magic, that's why. You actually have to go, yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, an adult would want to know the metaphysical properties of... Ugh. Yeah, I'm going through that right now, actually. 
what do you think makes a good kind of anchor for a YA story? Like you absolutely have to have that in there. Oh, you got to have the character that someone will root for. They don't have to be perfect. In fact, often they're not, but you want them to be someone that you're rooting for. Um, you want believability within the world. Um, you can have magic and you can have monsters, but there has to be that consistency with the world you set up. If you write fantasy or dystopian or anything like that. Um, but the emotions of the characters uh, and what they're going through and their reactions to these extreme situations, that has to be rooted in reality, which is kind of a hard few balls to juggle there. Um, but if you can pull it all off and maybe slide a theme or a message in subtly, then and then you've got magic, not just magic in the book, but magic in that 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 story. That is that is very true. Do you think? Younger audiences, because a lot of YA books are fantasy and have magic, do you think there's a specific reason that kids are drawn to that? Or is it just that youthful imagination? Definitely the youthful imagination. Um, I have a four-year-old right now and everything about her is magic and superheroes. And I'd like to ask her why, but she just, she couldn't tell you. She just, I don't know, but everything has I don't know that idea of maybe you're little and you want that strength or you want that power or you want something that can come and make you special although you already are um I think they're just seeking that um that you could have these extraordinary abilities I don't know it's 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 a complex question and I think I think there's too many answers for it but it's definitely true they do love their fantastical elements no matter what their age absolutely I still do I never grew up I'm still a kid (laughs) uh yeah still want to be a fairy princess of course who doesn't want to fly I mean come on (laughs) I want a wand yes oh my gosh wands are the best I think (laughs) I think Harry Potter kind of solidified that but even before you'd get the little wands with the plastic stars on the top and it's like ha yes I can create magic (laughs) I used my mom says I used to play for hours and hours jumping from couch to couch with a ruler and it was my she-ra princess of power sword oh my god that's so awesome (laughs) she-ra was oh so awesome back in the day yeah (laughs) yeah I think I just dated myself oh no I'm right there with you (laughs) (laughs) so you also write for a magazine Top Shelf Magazine? I do author interviews, yeah. Awesome. How does writing for the magazine differ from writing a book? Because I know I I can't write for a magazine even if I tried, but I'm so interested to know how you kind of cut or if you have to or you know how that process works. I think I'm quite fortunate in that I'm not writing an article about the author I think that would be really tricky um I'm really doing an interview with the author and because I have um, my co-host for my podcast helping me so I do a lot of the research for the podcast um looking at the guests and what 
they've written and awards they've done and, and their, you know, what they do outside of um, writing. And so research for the podcast and research for the interviews is quite similar. And so then I just plunk out a bunch of questions that I'd want to know. And really, I let uh, my co-host Miranda uh, kind of figure out the order of those and how to make it make sense. But um, it's really it's really you're just kind of researching and, and thinking from a, a writer, a reader's point of view, what would you want to know? Like, OK, you made this great book and you made this great world. How did you do it? Um how are you the same or different than other authors? Um, what part of your real life comes into your writing? There's so many questions and so many different aspects. And because everybody writes in a different genre or a different age group or everything's so different that there's just so many questions you can ask them. And it's really, the hard part is just getting it down to 10 questions. Right, yeah. I Some days I struggle creating questions for interviews and other days they just come like there's no tomorrow and it's like yeah. well you know there's a thing called balance somewhere <laughs> mm-hmm. so about your podcast quill and ink which i have listened to over the past week and i love it it's such <laughs> a good podcast and you, you you guys talk about the books which is so good because there's so many craft podcasts like this one great writership <laughs> But it's, I think it's also great to have a podcast where you can just straight up talk about the books because that's why we're here. We're here to write books. We're here to give little insights to our worlds that we've created that may not have translated very well. So I'm really wondering where in your writing process did you kind of become a podcaster and develop this amazing podcast so I was about well we've had the podcast for a year and I guess it kind of came about about a year and a half ago when we started planning it now Miranda and I've never met and it it sounds so weird because we mesh so well on air um but we we both live in Canada but we're two provinces apart I'm in Alberta and she's in Winnipeg and there's a whole Saskatchewan in the middle but we have the same publicist and he said um that our personalities would would probably mesh and so he paired us up and I mean the first few episodes were we were kind of nervous and we kind of fumbled over each other and and then we kind of got to know each other as the episodes went on um through some of our conversations and now it works a little better um Miranda usually starts off the podcast she loves getting to know people she wants to know the the person behind the author, behind that that name on the book. She wants to know your hobbies and she wants to know your your joys and your struggles. Um, I have an English degree. I've taught English um, and I know just a little bit more about the craft or some of those technical terms. So I usually take over the second half of the podcast and ask those um, those details um, and throw around, you know, talk about plot and character and things like that. But um, Miranda and I are both a little crazy in our own different ways. And what's great as well is we write totally different. I write for kids. She writes for adults. I write fantasy. She writes reality. She's contemporary chiclet. I'm fantasy. Um, she does hours, hours, hundreds of hours of research and interviews. I get to make everything up as I go along. Um and then slide a little research in later. So because we have such different styles and philosophies, we can both 
bring a different perspective and really share that you don't all have to be the same as a writer in order to be successful or to get your message across. So it's a nice dynamic um, that we are the same, but opposite in many ways. Yeah, I think that that really shows in the podcast that you guys just accentuate each other and it's it's really good. I recommend everybody go over and listen to it right now. <laughs> well, after this episode. <laughs> of course. Is there anything that you learned while podcasting that has helped enhance your writing or helped you kind of topple one of those obstacles you may have? I've definitely got more ideas. Um I've got different perspectives from different authors. A lot of it is confirming stuff that I know but didn't know. Like, you know, I always thought this and then someone else says it and you're like, see, I knew that. Um, I mean, writing is a very solitary thing. You have people that help you along the way, but for the most part, it's just you. And so you get lots of doubts. And, and when someone says something like, it's okay, or everyone goes through this, you're like, yeah. Ugh. So I, I mostly just motivation, um, a little bit of realism about writing and editing and marketing. Um, and then just a lot of these writers, they're just so inspiring. They've gone through stuff or they've been where I've been or whatever it is. And it's just so nice and helpful to know that you're not alone to know that everyone has their struggles and that we're all in this together and that there is support out there when you need it absolutely I know that um on great writer share we have a slack channel for our patrons and it's it's exactly what I think every writer needs is that community to be like hey you got this or you know what guys I'm having a bad day and then they chime in or say hey let's run sprints I think community is the biggest thing that we writers should really try to remember to get into because if you don't have that community you are by yourself and sometimes you just can't talk to anyone else about the struggles that you're going and if they're not a writer they won't understand no I mean I was 17 when I really started to try and send out things. This was in the old days. There was no like email querying. There was an envelope with your stuff in it and then a self-addressed stuff stumped envelope. And then you wait nine months and then you get a little type thing that said, nope. Um, <laughs> yep. the, and now there's forums and there's books and there's podcasts and it's, oh, it's so much better now. Ugh. Yeah. I agree. I know when I was in high school and I toyed with the thought of being a writer, someone told me, well, when you finish your manuscript, make sure that you mail it to yourself so it's sealed so yep. that nobody steals your stuff. And I'm like, what? Someone told me to do that too. <laughs> yep. And then I just kind of put it on the back burner for like 15 years. <laughs> do you have any tips or tricks that you would like to go back and tell pre-podcast, pre-writing Jenna? Um, just write. It doesn't all have to be good. And a lot of it will be garbage, but that's okay. Cause that's how you get better. Um, uh, edit ruthlessly. I used to try and keep everything and, and hoard it like a little dragon. Um, 
I would have like, and my editor would be like, but you've already said this. I'm like, but it's such a pretty line. <laughs> it needs um, to be there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, look how long, or this paragraph, it took me days and you want me to get rid of it? What are you doing to me? Uh, now I'm like out, out, out. <laughs> um, so I think those are the two main ones. Um, write as often as you can and cut everything you can. <laughs> I'm struggling with that right now as I begin editing and I just, you know, I want to keep that. I'm like, nah, I did, I did all right. Right. I mean, right. <laughs> My first editor, she said, it's going to be hard to let it go. So you pull up another document, everything you cut, everything major, not like a word, but every chapter or page or paragraph that you cut, you, you, you cut and paste it into this other document. So it's not really, really gone. And then you can use it if you want to do promos or supplementary stuff. I never used any of it, but it didn't ever feel like it was really gone. Ooh. And so that made the editing a little bit easier. I may have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I know I was struggling over uh, three paragraphs just like two hours ago. <laughs> so I, I might have to implement that little trick of yours. Yeah. So I am a new writer. I'm unpublished. So I'm going to keep saying I'm a new writer until I have like two books under my belt or something. <laughs> what kind of advice in addition to what you tell yourself, what advice do you have for people like me who just started writing, just started this author career? My only catch with this is that you can't say write. There's got to be something else. Read. 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 I love read, it. Read. Yes. Read. 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 Absolutely. And then just when you are working on your stuff don't go back until it's kind of done like as if you look at what you just did you'll just forever edit and you'll for you'll work on that first chapter for years so oh, just yes. go from beginning all the way to the end get some distance and then you'll go back and you'll be like oh this wasn't so bad or i know how to fix this so just keep going just don't try to edit too much on the way i like it i know i made that uh, mistake when I started because I'm like wait that was crap and I did the same paragraph for like a week <laughs> <laughs> so we have come to our favorite question that we like to ask here on the great writer share podcast and it is why do you Jenna Green write I have to it's in my soul I I could go crazy naked and run down the street and grab people and put them into my puppet fairy tales but pretty sure that's a crime so that is awesome <laughs> and I I'm totally gonna say this there's actually a local comedian that when the pandemic first started every day for a hundred days he did a chrono watch and then at the end of a hundred days he ran in his underwear down the street and like video recorded it everything and put it on his Facebook and we're just like yeah people already think we're crazy but thanks for that <laughs> oh that that the the first lockdown I had googly eyes on everything in the fridge my husband was like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is genius oh my gosh <laughs> I want to do that <laughs> So we have reached the, I'm going to say famous, rapid 10 fire questions. 
They are totally for fun. Don't take anything too serious. And if you don't have an answer, feel free to skip. We can always come back if you want to. Are you ready? Is that the first one? No. (laughs) Yes. No, no. Yes. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Dragons or fairies? Fairies. If all your books were destroyed in a fire, what is the one book you would save? Probably a photo album, actually. (laughs) Nice. Plotter or pantser? Hybrid. City or country life? City. If you could be trapped in a book for 24 hours, what book would it be? It wouldn't matter. It'd be dead in all of them. <laughs> Salty Pride or and sweet? Prejudice. Okay. I might live in Pride and Prejudice. That I might make it to the end. Okay. <laughs> Salty or sweet? Salty. Favorite YA book that is not yours? Uh, almost all of them. Uh, <laughs> Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Hunger oh, Games for the yes. wins. Poutine or chili fries? Poutine. Favorite guilty pleasure? Poutine and salty snacks and other games. <laughs> I like it. Dream vacation destination? A forest. And that's 10 questions. I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> See, rapid mm-hmm. fire. Boom, boom, boom. That is all the time we have. Thank you so much, Jenna, for coming on the podcast and sharing your time and knowledge with me and our listeners. Please tell us where our listeners can find out more about you and all that you're working on. Oh, awesome. So it's Jenna Green, green with an E on the end, um, jennagreen.ca, uh, Jay Green writes on Twitter, uh, the Quill and Ink podcast on Twitter, that's at Podcast Quill, um, Amazon, uh, Foundations Books, Champagne Books, all the pretty much all the regular stuff. Um, but just remember it's green with an E on the end. And I will putting, be putting those links in the show notes. Thanks once again, Jenna, and everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Great Writer Share podcast. Next week, Dan will be joined by the international best-selling author and Bram Stoker Award finalist, J.D. Barker. Don't forget, you can get early access to every episode of the Great Writer Share podcast and the chance to ask any upcoming guests any of your questions by simply becoming a patron of the show. All you need to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash greatwritershare and support the show for as little as $1 a month. Until next time. Acast powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. Hi, I'm Jackie Johnson, the Beauty Talk Shock Jock, and I host Natch Butte, a podcast that explores the self care space while laughing, yelling, singing, and keeping things cruelty free. Oh, yeah. I gab with celebs, makeup artists, female indie brand owners, and fellow funny folks about what beauty and self-care mean to them, as well as what's in their bags. Looking good while doing good, we are voting with our wallets, we are buying cruelty-free products, and we are having a goddamn blast laughing with our pals while we do it. 
That's Natch Butte. This is the Natch Butte Pod. Welcome, baby. Listen to Natch Butte on ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST, ACAST, ACAST. 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 recommends. <laughs>